Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Replenishing the Sea of Galilee, a family saga across ethnicity, place, and religion, written by Waji Aburish. Amazon bestseller in historical Middle Eastern fiction, Middle Eastern literature, and Jewish literature. For fans of Khalid Hosseini, Anita Diamant, and Isabel Allende, comes a sweeping story of love, loss, and the power of loyalty in the face of conflicting ideologies and religious beliefs. The story begins in 1940s Palestine, where twins Rashid and Rashida Dinar work in the family's inn. When Rashid falls in love with Natalia, a Jewish woman, he applies what he learned from the Jesuit priest who mentored him to his budding relationship but by then relations between Arabs and Jews have become tense. And when those tensions come to a breaking point, Natalia mysteriously disappears, and Rashid and Rashida are chased out of Palestine, forced to flee to Beirut, Lebanon. As the years pass and the Dinar family expands and enters the 1970s, their convictions are tested. Until the family reunites and proves that the thin line separating people because of their differences is powerless against the strength of family, love, and loyalty. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Replenishing the Sea of Galilee. Prologue, 1920, Beit Azar, Palestine Kareem was the most eligible bachelor in the village. At 31, and owning two successful inns and a food commodity wholesale business, he was envied and respected. He rarely socialized in the village, which was located only a few miles from Jerusalem. Most of his friends were other successful young males working in the tourism industry. The two businesses took all his time. His favorite pastime involved having a drink or two at the American Colony Hotel. Everyone knew him there, but he mostly kept to himself, except to speak to the barman and occasionally to Anna, the owner of the hotel. He knew Anna well. She always prodded him to get married. He, in turn, agreed with her for the hundredth time. Anna had mentioned to him the names of half a dozen eligible young women. He aspired to marry from Jerusalem rather than from his own village, yet he never applied himself to accomplish that. One morning, after he kissed the hand of his mother, Sarah, Kareem headed downhill to his Aunt Hamida's house, which was kitty-corner from his and his mother's houses. He noticed a young and most beautiful woman coming downhill behind him, heading in the same direction. He hid behind the front column of his aunt's house to peek at her. The young woman knocked, and his mother opened the door and greeted her warmly. Kareem headed back to see who the beautiful woman was. He went up the alley to the far window and gazed downward. He could see the woman taking off her scarf, relaxing, and then going into the kitchen where she fixed Turkish coffee and then served Sarah and herself. Kareem knew then that she was close to his mother, yet he had never seen her. He left to see his aunt downhill. He described the young woman to her. Hamida had no trouble guessing who she was. She is Amina, the judge's daughter. Forget about her. 
she has already turned down five contenders. One was a physician and another a bank manager. You will be wasting your time. You know her father. He is a Supreme Court judge and a sheik of sheiks. When Kareem mentioned that Amina had not been wearing her headdress, Hamida got mad. She scolded him for peeking at her through the window and told him that he was behaving immaturely. I hope nobody has seen you. It would be a scandal. You looked at her with her scarf off while visiting your own mother? What will people say? They may say you arranged all of this with your mother's knowledge. No, no, this is not good. I have to speak to Sarah. Kareem left for work. Hamida waited for Amina to leave and headed toward Sarah's 20 yards away. Hamida told her the story. After lamenting the unfortunate affair, they decided to create a cover in case someone may have observed Kareem doing the unthinkable, sneaking to watch the one who was nicknamed by the females of the village as the Princess of Beit Azar. Hamida and Sarah decided to ask for Amina's hand. They explained to Kareem that the whole thing was a ruse, since they felt the judge would surely turn them down. They wanted to cover up his indiscretion, just in case he was seen by others sneaking a peek at a young lady without her headdress. Kareem, feeling that he had done something he should have known to be indiscreet, reluctantly accepted. Hamida and Sarah carried through with the plan. They emphasized to the judge that Kareem had seen Amina one time, and they were there immediately afterward. They told the judge that they appreciated him as a Beit Azari, being a Supreme Court judge and one of the top clerics, and that they recognized that the Dinar family was not up to his standards. Yet they thought that Kareem was a perfect gentleman and very comfortable financially. To their surprise, the judge told them that he had heard about Kareem from two professors at Hebrew College where he taught. Both had taught Kareem at the Jesuit school, and they knew Kareem well and spoke very highly of him. Kareem is supposed to be a very fine person, I am told. The judge said, I will have to talk to Amina. As you well know, she is the one who turned down five contenders. Amina and Sarah were in shock. They had thought they would be turned down on the spot. In a few days, they were invited to visit the judge again. He told them there would have to be three different hour-long meetings before Amina could make up her mind. The meetings would be attended by Amina, Sarah, five female cousins of Amina, and another five female cousins of Kareem. There, Amina and Kareem could talk to each other and ask questions of each other. The two were very surprised at the judge's suggestion, but decided to accept without questioning anything. The meetings took place, and to everyone's surprise, the chemistry between Amina and Kareem could not have been more in line. When the judge asked Amina about Kareem, she decided not to express her true feelings. I will go by what you see fit, father, she told the judge. The judge got the message. Within three weeks, the decision to marry Amina to Kareem was made. The dinars accepted every condition the judge made, including agreeing to a back dowry five times as hefty as usual. The judge asked for no upfront dowry. The wedding of Kareem and Amina was a celebrated one. 
One hundred female cousins and friends accompanied her along the mile-long route from her father's top-of-the-hill mansion to the Dinar house. With their headscarves down, they sang and danced all the way. One after another, belly danced in front of the procession, while the rest clapped and acted as a chorus. They put the scarves back up as they got close to the Dinar's house. Although Karim and Amina had spoken to each other on only the three occasions, they each felt they had found the right partner. They both harbored, at the time, liberal views and practiced what they preached. Kareem treated Amina with deference and respect. She treated him as her loving and prudent partner. Kareem resumed going to the American Colony Hotel, but now Amina accompanied him. He drank scotch and she drank lemonade. Their first time there together, Amina told Kareem that she had noticed him before Sarah and Hamida asked for her hand. She had taken several sneak looks at him without him noticing. Before long, they were socializing with the elites of Jerusalem. On one occasion, Anna arranged for the couple to be invited to a gathering by the British Commissioner General of Palestine. Amina shined among the other ten ladies in attendance. When she was introduced to the Commissioner General, her beauty and grace got him to kiss her hand. Amina never forgot the moment. She described it to Hamida and Sarah, and she repeated it to Kareem quite a few times. Amina and Kareem were by far the most admired couple in Beit Azar. Many would admire their public but graceful exhibit of their love and care for each other. The young women would also wait to look at Amina's most fashionable Italian dresses. This was the couple's love saga for a glorious two years. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Replenishing the Sea of Galilee. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.